Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About Today with Arvin. Today I'm joined by two fellow youth, two fellow grade 12 students. Uh, here with me I've got Natalie from Guelph. Natalie, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Awesome, awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm joined by Simon from Sarnia. Simon, my man, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, Arvin. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. Uh, so yesterday we got some uh, pretty interesting news uh, I mean, I think we could all guess that this was going to happen, but we were just in, waiting in anticipation uh, for the news to come out. The Premier announced that high schools will no longer be opening for the remainder of the year, and the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, uh, said that the provincial government is actually working on a plan to be reopening uh, the schools by like you know the beginning of September, but they're going to be releasing a plan by the end of June. I want to get your thoughts on that. How, let's start with Simon. Simon, what are your thoughts on uh, the new announcements from the provincial government? You know what? I'm not surprised that any of this has come out. Um, we were we were all anticipating the the year to kind of end, so to say, and uh, continue online. What what is different though, and what what I certainly appreciate is the the approach of taking it step by step. That is what um, effective communication within governance does. That's nonpartisan governance is mm-hmm. taking it one step at a time. Instead of just following the public, uh, uh, what the public thinks is necessary to open and reclose, um, it's it's been relieving to watch the minister come out with announcements saying that they're following the advice of Dr. Williams, which they which any government should be doing at, at this time is following their chief medical health officer, um, and as long as students are safe, that's all that matters. Um, any any chance in which. A student is put in jeopardy, such as myself. Um, although it's although it's tragic, I might never see my um, some of my high school friends ever again. Yeah, for the better. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. I guess it's uh, we all have FaceTime and that stuff, so I guess we're not really missing out. It's just hopefully that we get graduations and proms uh, back in place. I don't know either in the fall or um, you know in the winter. But Natalie, what are your thoughts on the whole ordeal? Like Simon said. Uh, it didn't really come as a surprise. I think it's the very responsible choice, and we can see what the situation is right now and realize that some uh, people's safeties would be in jeopardy if schools were to open. So I definitely think it's a good choice and didn't come as a surprise. I know my school board um, today announced the tentative dates for fall commencements for all secondary schools. So if the schools do open again, in um, September, then at least the class of 2020 is still getting that commencement graduation ceremony opportunity. Definitely, definitely. And I know that the uh, Minister of Education also, um, like, essentially uh, made, not an order, but like a recommendation to all school boards to start um, organizing that stuff. Because, yeah, that's it's like a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? And I, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, banking on uh, running a clean campaign for valedictorian, but <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be happening anytime soon, but no, that's, that's, that's your hundred percent. Both of you guys are right. You know, for sure. I, I agree that we should be taking this one step at a time. There's no rush. Um, and as the premier said, student safety should be put first. And uh, I mean, schools aren't the cleanest place on the planet. And 
neither are students. They're not the cleanest people. So probably a good move. I, I agree 100%. Um, so there's been a bunch of things happening from the federal government side during the past two months. I mean, the prime minister has been giving daily updates. He's still doing that. I still got the beard going too. Like, I don't know. Do you guys like the beard? I, I think it's pretty cool. It, it's a sign of stress. It's a sign of stress. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird watching him over the past five years and you can see, you can see his facial hair is starting to gray. Um, <laughs> it's, he's, he's getting the Barack Obama treatment in office. But oh yeah, true. Good it's a good look. Yeah, well, you know, it's actually interesting. Ever since January, since he's had it, there's been like a bunch of tragedies in the nation. Like, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know. Like, it's it's like the wartime look, right? But no, I think it suits him for sure. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's been lots of great things coming from the federal government side. There's the CRB was probably the biggest one, uh, providing some government money uh, to Canadians who need the most, two thousand dollars a month. Uh, but there's lots of outrage from students. They're like, hey, like we're not going to be able to get part-time jobs this summer. Um, we're not going to be able to get any internships. We're not going to be able to make any income. Uh, and university is pretty, pretty expensive. And not just university, college as well. The prime minister came out and said that he is going to bring some support to students. And he did. There was a CESB, which is $1,250 per month for post-secondary students from May to August. Um, as well as $2,000 a month for people who are supporting another um, dependent. Uh, but there's also been lots of investments in mental health uh, services, especially during this very stressful time. It's very needed. But And also, the federal government's made the CRB eligible for uh, youth as well who've made $5,000 income um, you know, in the past year. Uh, so there's been lots of stuff being handed out, uh, very usefully, I'd, I'd say, 100% sure. Um, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because th these are some uh, pretty hefty investments from the federal government, uh, and they are directed to us. So I want to get your opinions. Uh, Natalie, let's start with you first. What are your thoughts on these uh, moves by the federal government? I definitely think that the government has taken the appropriate steps to getting money to Canadians as well as including students. Students are a big part of the economy as well, and lots of us work. So being able not being able to get the job and still getting some sort of income to help provide for yourself and sort of get it back into the economy is really important. Definitely. Although uh, for high school students, we may not get it um, every month as university students. I am still thankful that we are included within that CES, CESB. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it is bit upsetting for us because uh we're not gonna be getting anything until july but i mean it's better than nothing right july to august that's two thousand five hundred dollars um that the government will be providing to us if we're unable to find employment i think it's awesome because uh, in many cases whether it be like recessions or you know very uh the type of crisis like this you see the government more focusing their attention to just workers and uh, the general masses of people and sort of forgetting and leaving us uh, to fall through the cracks, right? Uh, Simon, what are your thoughts on all this? You know, in, in any time of a recession, it always comes down to two ideas. You can you can treat this almost like it's a natural disaster. Do you give the the water out that's needed and the supplies out that's needed to distributors as a government, or do you give it directly to the people who will need those supplies? Um, taking that from a physical perspective and moving it into a health perspective, we see the same things happening during an economic crash. 
Um, do we do we take the more directly to the people approach, or do we do the bailouts and buyback? We've, we've seen this government, we've seen this government do do both. Um, but specifically, we've noted that the um, that the benefits and the subsidies that have come through, that are that are more directed towards individuals, they've they've done their job. Um, I, the CRA probably should be a little more direct about you know taxing that back. I know there have been some people who've been joking around and saying, well. Well, this money, I'm just going to waste it on this. Well, at the end of the day, you're going to get a tax back and there are going to be some sad people during tax time in 2021, um, which, which will, which will suck, um, which will suck to hear. But, um, if there, if issues that I do have with the benefit, it's, we were stuck with the position in which students who may be 15 years old and are able to work a part-time job can get $8,000, um, maximum out of their out of the CERB. Meanwhile, students who have been volunteering with their time or have been working jobs um, that may be on call. Um, I know, I know Natalie and I do tutoring. Um, our jobs, which are on, on, which are on call and may make less than $5,000, but are enough to scrape us by. Um, we have to rely on the CESB. Um, meanwhile, we're going into university um, with less money than a 15 year old is getting. So there is the discrepancy that comes with that. Um, not saying I'm not happy with $2,500. It's just, we, we come up with those odd, we come up with those odd scenarios in which, um, the amount that we're receiving is a little bit different case by case and often not reflective. Um, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. That That's well said, right? It's, you know, even as many times as the government attempts to, you know, make the cracks even smaller, there are still people falling into them, right? And I'm speaking metaphorically. There's not actually a crack that people are falling through. But um, yeah, no, 100%. Um, so as youth, in general, how has COVID-19 um, been affecting you, been affecting your friends, been affecting your you know fellow youth groups, your community? Um, you know, like we, I, I see a bunch of universities and colleges that have been saying that, oh, our classes will definitely be online um, in the coming, you know, fall semester. And that's just for fall. You never know. Like it might be the same thing for winter as well. If we get like a dark age type COVID-19 filled winter. So, um, with all of this happening, how is this affecting you, your community, your age group, our age group? I'm not any older than you guys, but how, how has it been affecting, um, you guys? I'm going to start with Simon. What's up, man? How's it, how's it been affecting you? I, I know personally I've been able to put up with it. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I, I very much have a collectivist mindset. I've never been one to think with an individualist mindset. And I, I can't help but thinking along the lines of this is for the better, this is for the greater good. I'm willing to stay at home. Because um, at the end of the day, although although there are lockdowns because of, of civil liberties, it's more of a willingness to stay home. Um, I, I have that willingness to stay home. I know it's for the better, but I do, I do understand that, you know, for some people it is a little bit difficult. Some people can't see their, um, their family members within long-term care facilities. Some people aren't able to visit their, um, to visit family who may be in correctional facilities as frequently. The, the disconnect that, um, that we see within, within my community and across Ontario is, is just exacerbated now. Um, what, but what we're seeing on a community level in an organizing level, um, and being able to keep connections we're we're both seeing, we're seeing both issues and connections and creative ingenious ways to keep those connections up. 
you know, we can't organize in person anymore. How, how do you organize your advocacy on a personal level anymore? Um, face to face, that's, mm-hmm. that's all been thrown out the door. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing workshops and zoom classes, um, that keep our community together, even though we're far apart. Well said hundred percent. Natalie, how about you? What are your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, looking at our age group, there's definitely disappointed grads. I know seeing the last few months of my final year of high school going like this definitely wasn't on my radar. Um, I have my classes this semester were English and co-op. So English was an easier class to turn into a distance learning platform. Co-op, I've still been able to do things virtually, but I understand that is harder for other students who are in different classes or who have different learning needs. So it's definitely been an adjustment. Definitely. Um, but at least we have this technology for the most part to stay connected. I know I'm someone who likes a schedule and routine. So I've been able to continue dance classes, which I've done forever via Zoom. So we have these things in our society that have been helping us throughout this quarantine self-isolation times. 100%. I think I think a benefit that's really come from, I mean, uh, there's a bunch of negatives, of course, but the one positive I think is that it's really uh, motivating and fast-tracking people to, um, you know, start moving their lives online and doing it the more quicker and efficient way, like online banking and all that stuff. Like, there's many people who, before all of this, what they weren't very lenient to do so, but now it's essentially you're sort of forced to, right? So, um, I mean. There's, there's not many positives, I guess. Sometimes we think that, but I think there's quite a bit of positives too. You know, as, as Simon mentioned as well, sticking to the community, staying inside, being with your, being with your family, like all that stuff is, is absolutely, um, you know, the, the positive inside the, the, the greater negative, right? So, um, look at the glass half full, I guess that's, that's sort of the motive through quarantine and COVID-19. Um, but so how, how's things been going generally in the communities, like in, in Guelph and, and Sarnia, um, Natalie, how, how's things going on in Guelph, whether it be with your elected officials or, um, just with cases in general, has it been affecting, uh, Guelph differently being more of a, you know, urban type city? Well, people have been saying that Guelph has been like staying connected by staying apart. I feel that we've really come together as a community to follow all the social or sorry, physical distancing uh, recommendations. Well, I find that fascinating because I, I, I think you had mentioned something before that we shouldn't call it social distancing. We should call it physical distancing, right? Because I think it was it you who had mentioned that because physical, we're supposed to stay apart like our bodies, right? So we don't catch the virus, but it doesn't mean that we don't have to, you know, stay connected, right? Exactly. And I know our mayor, he put into a, he created this task force on economic recovery. So that really inf- like encourages buying locally and supporting the small and medium-sized businesses in Guelph. Mm, So that's been really good too, seeing how we're all, Guelph is trying to support one another. It's also good to see like the different things that the community has been doing as in fundraisers and raising awareness and sharing resources on mental health, which is such a big thing. And that's affecting many people. Yeah, for sure. And I, I forget, what's the mayor of uh, Guelph's name? Because he's an interesting fellow. 
Uh, Cam Guthrie. Okay, so I don't know if you follow him on social media, but he like he does like rants and stuff and like goes off on people. I remember something like, like with people <laughs> getting on. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, he's he's like sort of like an unorthodox mayor. He's like a younger guy. So, um, but there's something with people going on the buses during uh, the whole COVID nineteen outbreak, and he's like. He was like genuinely angry. He's like, don't go on buses. Don't go on city buses. Are you trying to get sick? Are you trying to get other people sick? It's like only if you need to go on a city bus. Like don't don't just like ride around because it's free, right? Um, <laughs> I found that fascinating. Yeah. I follow him on Twitter and there's never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy for sure. But Simon, how's things been going on in Sarnia in general? Well, as as I did mention, we've we've been following as, as Natalie said, the connecting while stay apart. Um, the, the concern of social isolation has been pretty tough. Um, you know, long, long-term care homes, as I've said, we, we have a, we have an older population trying to, trying to keep our older population safe and healthy during, um, what's turned out to be four outbreaks currently within the Sarnia Lampton area. Um, wow. It, it has been difficult. Our, our current, I, I did check today, um, one of our outbreaks, there have been 30 positive cases in one of the nursing homes um, oh, in our inner downtown area. So it's been, it's been difficult to stay in touch with family. It's been, it's been hard for people, but we've been, we've been keeping up. Seeing community support has been amazing. Um, I'm in a Facebook group called um, Supporting Sarnia Businesses During COVID-19. There have been there are more than a thousand members, if I remember correctly, um, who are in this group and just supporting local businesses, um, making sure they stay afloat, um, supporting our graduates, um, making sure that everyone feels connected. We have a, uh, a Facebook group that's native to Sarnia called, um, you know, connecting through quarantine sessions and music um, so that everyone that's can, great. you know, stay together with, um, with music in times of frustration. Um, but it hasn't necessarily been the same on a political level, um, which I, I feel is necessary to get, to get into, um, especially when your MPP is nowhere to be seen, um, where we, we think he's in um, Arizona. There have been a few Facebook groups that have popped up trying to figure out where he is. Oh, he's uh, enjoying the weather, is he? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, he must he must be um, in, his, in his trailer or wherever he is. Um, <laughs> and... And our and our MP, who's been promoting the use of um, hydroxychloroquine, um, and who's your MP again? Just for everyone, her her name is Marilyn Gladue, um, the wonderful the wonderful <laughs> MP who um, created that poem about pot use. Wow. Um, look look that up if you want to get treat yourself. That that drug, by the way, is like used for anti like you know for for malaria and like very severe sicknesses and it's i mean it's has it been proven that it's actually fights against covid19 well they they don't have a solid answer on that mm-hmm. they, they do know they do know that taking hydroxychloroquine could present risk if it's not in a medically controlled environment um her concern is that she said it's 100 percent effective it is 100 percent effective and i know it's 100 percent effective because the FDA has approved it for emergency use. That's wow. not the same as 100% effective. She's probably um, basing her statistics on like one person that has used it and that's Donald Trump and she's like if it's good for him, it's good for Canada. Something like that well, maybe. <laughs> oh, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, on a on a municipal level, it's nothing nothing better. Um, our our mayor has um, been 
pretty pretty tough um and and not tough in a in a sense of you know tough on tough on people rather than um he's he's been pretty blunt in a way that is honestly to the point of intimidating um where he's went where he said get inside or you will die essentially oh, wow. <laughs> which is which is intense um and somebody does need to get control of his pr um as for our city councillors, one of our city councillors has directly said um, all businesses need to reopen. We need to relax these rules. Um, another councillor has said we need to prioritize opening up our boat ramps. So, so very contradicting, uh, contradicting messages coming from your municipality, right? Exactly. Um, our our PR team, our communications team, has been. Um, has been really dropping the ball apparently because uh, <laughs> Sarnia's, Sarnia's been getting a mess of messages. <laughs> well, bad PR teams. Maybe they should go work for Peter McKay. Aha, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't get the joke, Peter McKay, he's running to be conservative leader uh, and essentially prime minister is his goal. Um, he has He's fired his whole PR team already once during this process. Um, and he's had a couple of uh, famous, uh, infamous, actually, um, instances with social media, <laughs> making fun of Justin Trudeau for doing yoga, um, lots of like bad grammar. I, one was that I caught was, um, it was a picture of Peter McKay and Stephen Harper. And I don't know why, I don't know how, but one of, one of their social media staff had like colored in Stephen Harper's eye and he looked like a cyborg. I swear to God, <laughs> they quickly took it down, but yeah, awesome. Well, one final question, and I just think it's very interesting to hear your guys' perspective on this whole situation and, you know, the youth perspective, in my opinion as well, is probably one of the most important perspectives because we are the future, right? So it's like you got to hear what we got to say. Um, but when it comes down to how both the federal and the provincial governments have been handing, uh, you know, handling the whole COVID-19 situation, whether it be making sure people are taken care of, what's something that you as a grade 12 student who is going into university next year as a young youth who is active in their communities what is something that you want to see uh you know that that you want to see that's uh, done in the next couple of weeks in regards to covid-19 or either like what's something that's been missing what's something that hasn't been done enough um, you know, what's, what's something that the governments can really take a move on to, um, make things in your community, um, even better than they are now. Uh, Natalie, let's start with you. What, what do you think something that, the governments can do and what's something that can happen in the next couple of weeks that can really help out your community? I think that, well, first I appreciate that the government is taking it a sort of more day by day sort of basis because it's changing so often and so it can change so drastically in moments. I do think that um, when we do have that rent relief program that was announced by the federal government, making sure that those things are being taken seriously and all those things are followed, but also just like our um, Guelph's MPP, Mike Schreiner, he's the Green Party leader. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> um. He was also saying a lot about long-term care homes. They have been affected in such a way, and we have to make sure that we are learning from what's happening right now and we can make the changes that we've seen. Definitely. Make the changes that we've seen that need to be made. Elderly 
are very vulnerable in this situation. And in, they'll most likely be vulnerable in many different situations too. We have to make sure that we're taking care of them and that there are things in place that ensure that if they're in a long-term um, care facility that they're safe and protected. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the stories coming out, it, it, this is a common issue across Ontario. Um, the COVID-19 outbreaks in uh, long-term care homes, it's very devastating and sad to hear. So 100%, that is something that I as well, not only for the government to take action on, but even some like uh, some investigations and some, you know, inquiries, as you said, to see why this happened and make sure, uh, making sure that this doesn't happen again in any other instance, for sure. Uh, Simon, how about you? What, what's something you want to see in the next couple of weeks? It's interesting that you say in the next couple of weeks, because the next couple of weeks, um, honestly, all that governments really need to do is take a cold, hard look in the mirror. Ooh. Whether it doesn't, it doesn't matter which party stripe it is, all governments need to take a cold, hard look in the mirror um, due, due to the fact that we have pushed ourselves into this position um, through mismanagement and through um, positions of austerity where our long-term care homes have been have have received the mess that they have due to due to mismanagement due to not listening to public inquiries um there there have been there's there's time that we now need to listen to our officials our public servants i think i think ontario needs to understand and canada as a whole needs to understand that our public servants are here no matter which party stripe they're from or no matter which party is in power um, and that no matter no matter what you may think of the government at the day, those public servants are there to do their job and they're there, they are there to do it well. Um, and those public servants will provide nonpartisan advice no matter what. All governments and administrations should be willing to turn off their mouths once in a while and listen to the people who actually come from an expertise, whether whether from an expert background, whether it be in epidemiology, whether it be in fiscal accountability, whether it be in, um, you know, the the uh, the chief health advocates for the province, mm-hmm. uh, all of those um, nonpartisan servants deserve to be listened to in such a stressful time. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I that's it's a very um, you know valid criticism, and I think that is an area where not only Canada but across the world. We need improvements. We need more nonpartisan experts giving advice to our government officials, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I bet the I bet the amount of nonpartisanship, you know, that's happening in the U.S. is probably like down below ten percent. Like, there's everything is so, um, you know, heated and so partisan. It's either you got an R beside your name or a D, right? But here in Canada, luckily, you know, it's it's more, um, you know, we have more parties as well. But honestly, you're you're right. We need to be listening more to the people the you know the nurses the doctors the chief health uh you know uh, experts when it comes to covid-19 and also just in general and in, in all issues um so yeah that is that is 100% both great things and i hope i hope we do see some drastic improvements in the next couple of weeks and next couple of months as well Awesome. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Simon and Natalie, for coming on the show and chatting around and talking. Um, I hope you guys are staying staying uh, very safe and well, and I hope you're doing healthy as, as well. Um, and stay inside. Uh, and, and, I mean, enjoy the weather, but, you know, 
physically distance, right? <laughs> sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. Stay right. safe. Yes, yeah, stay safe. Stay safe.